Hi everyone, welcome to an hour with DC and the play by play podcast with DC. Uh, I'm here with the Graham Peters, no Patterson from uh, Fail Lagrena, and we're going to be chatting about Fail Lagrena and the upcoming documentary Out of Place, which will be premiering at the time of this recording, will be premiering at the bell table at the end of this month. So, yeah, how's it going, Graham? Yeah, not so bad, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, no bother. Uh, so, you know, uh, so you have this upcoming documentary coming up about the Limerick scenes, well, mainly kind of selected artists, around six of them from the scene, right? Uh, yeah, we have um, uh, Denise Shiloh, His Father's Voice, Hero Sea, God Knows, uh, Post from Pudge, and who are we missing? And Murley, of course. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Shout, out, shout out Murley. Yeah, uh, I actually met I actually met uh, Gano's and Merley a few weeks back. I, I think I mentioned that in the last podcast episode as well. So yeah, it's always a pleasure meeting them and John yeah, to Denise as well. So big shout out to them. They're all legends. Yeah, it's for real. And the rest of um, the people in the documentary as well. Shout out Post Bompage, his father's voice, and uh, man, I'm forgetting these as well. I, <laughs> Heresy. <laughs> Heresy and uh, yeah, and Hey Rusty as well. Actually, no, no, I don't think Hey is Hey Rusty. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm getting a bit confused here. But anyways, so how did the documentary come about? Because was some of it filmed during the pandemic, and um, was it kind of filmed during COVID, or was it only filmed really recently? Um, yeah, it was filmed during uh, during the pandemic. So. I guess how it, re- how, it, the, the, how it originated, how it came about was um, we in 2020, we were kind of starting to prepare, like early 2020, we were starting to prepare for our third festival, our third Fail in the Green Festival. And we got funding from uh, the city council, uh, council from, for that. And uh, then the pandemic hit and we said to the council, we have this money, like what? Can we do? We usually use it for a festival. What can we do with it? And they said, just as long as keep the money and yeah, as long as it goes back to the artists, you can do what you like, really. So we kind of did a bit of brainstorming. We uh, first the conversation was about uh, doing kind of live some live streams, which even by the time we were talking about it, we knew that was it. It would just be very dated very quickly. Uh, live streams are amazing and. There was plenty of amazing live streams during the uh, lockdown, but we knew that we just wanted to do something different. So then the idea of still shooting bands um, and recording performances, uh, we were kind of looking at that and the idea of doing interviews with the artists came up and maybe doing a series. So then that's when we kind of came to the conclusion that, well, my idea was, well, if we're going to ask all these artists uh, the same questions like as a part of a series but maybe being a musician in Limerick well then maybe if you actually just tie it all together there's a bigger story to be told and how about we make a film so it was a kind of an ambitious kind of uh, uh, goal to reach for but I guess there was just a part of part of us that just knew that well we can actually do this we knew we knew we had so many like talented people in different fields that could help pull this together so that's that's how we came about doing the film in lockdown 
Yeah, that's that sounds great as well because I think, especially where Limerick is now, and you know how Limerick has played such a pivotal role in Irish music since really forever. Like, um, but like especially now because now you you have like a like even my work at the moment is kind of documenting the punk scene happening here at the moment. Which um, I haven't seen the documentary yet. I can't wait to see it. But I know you kind of touched on it a little bit with uh, Post Punk Podge, who's really been in the who's really just kind of kickstarted the whole punk scene here in Limerick at the moment. But, you know, um, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of cool to see that there's a load of scenes happening here at the moment, especially with the hip hop, especially with narrow lane who are in the documentary and stuff. So, um, like what is there to really expect in the documentary? Are we going to get like kind of look into these artists? Cause I know uh, something got to do with, you know, space, uh, for, artist to create in Limerick uh, I know that's a big uh, topic in the documentary so do you mind elaborating on that? Yeah um, <clears throat> yeah so you're right yeah space is, is kind of it became one of the kind of uh, key themes uh, of the film but it, it wasn't really the one we even set out to to, to touch to talk about necessarily um, we were kind of setting out with the idea of making a documentary uh, considering like how well Limerick and music has been going the last couple of years before lockdown, um, we wanted to celebrate that. We wanted to celebrate everything that's happening and showcase these amazing artists that are in the city. Um, but as soon as you, well, take away live performances uh, and to, yeah, take away gigs and you're, you're kind of like left behind the scenes, you're kind of left seeing, okay, there's, there's, where does this stuff actually happen? Where does all the work happen? And that's where this kind of um, the idea of like where where does where is art made kind of comes in, and that's something that we end up through. There was that was a lot of it was through the, the editing process. We realized these are like the the common things people were saying, but we're like we're, we don't really have space for this. Um, so yeah, that that that. It's it's about yeah, kind of where is art made? It's about community. It's about the kind of DIY um, ethic and spirit that I think everyone in Limerick is kind of taking part in, and then that's why Limerick is on the map for being an amazing city. Yeah, I mean, like especially here because. I think I don't want to shit talk other scenes and stuff because I'm very fascinated with other scenes happening in uh, Ireland at the moment, especially particularly Dublin and the hip hop scene going up on up in there. But I think, you know, with my experience with chanting people in different scenes and stuff, I think with Limerick is it's like a community plays such a huge role here because like especially with gigs and stuff it's always like everyone supporting each other as friends and they're all helping each other out and you know everyone would kind of be connected everyone would kind of know each other somehow even yeah and i think that's great because i think it's not like especially with limerick because even when even when even with the punk scene even when i'm documenting it it's not like a competition competition on like who's the best artist or who's who's going to play the most gigs this month it's not really like that it's more just artists coming together which i find is beautiful because it kind of kills egos and stuff and it's great to see yeah i agree uh i think everyone is really supportive in limerick uh and yeah, there's a lot of, there are a lot of scenes, there's a lot of different types of music acts, bands, hip hop artists, there's, 
all sorts kind of going on. But because Limerick is so small, everybody just knows each other. Uh, everybody's probably, someone's involved in one thing is probably also involved in the other thing. Uh, there's, there's a lot of cross-pollination. Um, so it just makes it just a very vibrant and exciting place to kind of go and see music and, and watch these bands and artists do their thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's great to see as well. Um, especially, especially because I'm kind of, I kind of only, I've only really been in the scene for like, I'll say, kind of a year and a half now. You see, I'm originally from Galway, but I've been living, I've been living in Limerick for like the last twelve years, and like pretty much, pretty much all my family are from Limerick. Just me and my mother's side are all from Galway. But like, even you know, it's really cool seeing all these kind of post-lockdown acts coming out as well. Uh, will there be more kind of post-lockdown Limerick acts be playing? Uh, even the festival of Felagrena as well. Will it, will we be seeing more kind of acts post-lockdown acts playing as well? And um, kind of because with Felagrena Christmas as well, we saw other acts around the country playing, like uh, Rory Sweeney. Big shout out to Rory Sweeney playing and stuff. Uh, will there be well, what's more to be expected with the festival uh, with the festival itself um, we haven't I think we've just been we've just come out of doing the Christmas gig and now we're focusing on the film so uh, the, if the next year's festival it would be in its very early stages there's nothing really as such planned yet um, but yeah there is always uh, that's I think that's the thing with um, failing the like the programming if there's always we favor uh, like just underground artists that you know that you won't kind of find elsewhere and um, that we're really into as well um, and th- and that's like within Limerick and around the country we love like uh, like the lads who program the festival every year there's an, an act that most of us haven't heard of and they're bringing this person in they're saying we like this person we like this band and then they're becoming our new favorite band like we didn't know uh rising damp before they played to 2019 uh and then they were back now for the christmas gig and just like everyone's just mad for rising damp since um but they were that like it's even for us we're bringing we're introducing new acts for for like people in limerick to go to see but it's also like an introduction to our, for ourselves as well. That's how like kind of eclectic the, the, the choice is. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's cool to see as well. Like, because um, I mean, like, I mean, like even with me is like coming out and seeing these artists and like kind of getting connections and, you know, becoming friends and being involved with the more community aspects of, you know, the scene and stuff. It's kind of, cool to see other acts around the country as well and I love that Felagrena brings in not just Limerick artists as well because you know it's predominantly kind of Limerick based artists and stuff it's kind of cool to see you know you might get a glimpse of you know what's happening in Dublin or what's happening down in Cork or what's happening in even Sligo like but yeah yeah and and that's like one of the things we really love about the festival is that because we get all these acts to kind of come from Dublin or Cork or Sligo or wherever it is, it means we get to meet them and we end up just becoming friends with them. And then we go to, we can go to there and we, they come back and visit us. And it's just ways of making like the way Limerick is a very small, has a nice like tight knit music community because it's so small doing stuff like this and reaching out to different parts of the country makes the Irish music scene much smaller for us. And 
kind of just lets us know that we could go anywhere and we'd have friends there and we just love to hear them play and do their thing and we're all just kind of supporting each other and there's not really any competition there's just if anything there's just it gives you more of a drive to do more stuff yourself yeah yeah very true like and it's great as well because you know i'm kind of getting introduced to different artists in the scene as well even though like there's like no there's even people in the limerick scene that I wouldn't really know. And it's kind of cool to discover new artists in, you know, kind of in your local area as well. Because um, it's just handy, like, because, you know, it'd be funny because sometimes you'd be meeting your kind of favorite local artists in the most random places. You'd be like, oh, I know you for your music or, you know, and it, or they might know you as well. Like, I find it funny because sometimes people might approach me and they might know me for like, I don't know, like my podcast or something or even like some of my music, I remember, I remember I got a random, I remember a friend was telling me, oh yeah, someone I know was actually asking for you. And I was like, oh, that's mad. Because it's kind of nice to see, um, it's kind of nice to see that, you know, people are so engaged and involved and, you know, kind of coming together and it has the huge community aspect. And I think that's a huge part of what makes the Olympic scene so great. Yeah. No, yeah, everyone knows each other, and you do, you really do bump into everyone on the streets. Uh, uh, if it's a, if it could be the night out or just during the daytime, uh, particularly, I feel like walking down Catherine Street, you can get barely get like ten steps before you meet someone else. It could take you half an hour to walk down the whole street between just bumping into people and chatting to people, and especially if you're in the canteen that day, it's people behind the counter that are in bands, and then people eating food that are in bands, and even a uh, the morning after a gig, we mostly bring the bands to Canteen and then, yeah, there's just no escape. Yeah. It's a small place. It's very small. Yeah. Shout out, shout out Canteen as well. Great food <laughs> up on uh, near Cecil Street. Um, but yeah, like, you know, it's great to see because I have a funny story during Family Garden at Christmas. Uh, I bumped into Peter Curtin. Shout out to Peter Curtin, one of the best DJs in the country by far. But like, I even bumped into him and he was so confused on who I am because I actually met I actually met Peter Curtin in the record fair uh, that happens annually, annually in uh, the milk market. And I met, that's how I met uh, B Plus as well, even though B Plus isn't in oh, amazing. Limerick. Yeah, he's in, uh, he's based in LA. But like, uh, you know, it's great because like, you know, you're able to become friends with these people in the most random places as well and you get connected and stuff. So yeah, big shout out to B Plus and Peter Curran. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Peter's, Peter's amazing. And he's just been doing, he's been doing the same thing for longer than well we have anyway uh, in Limerick. And he's just, him and with his radio show and he's just promoting Irish music and he's collecting them and putting out records with them as well. Uh, it's, yeah, it's really inspiring. And uh, and and then and then um, yeah, B plus as well. That's like that's an, another amazing person that he actually. I remember he was in uh, he was in Limerick uh, a few months ago, and yeah, his photography and he did, he did the the film with Denise. Nice autograph. Yeah, he actually, he's so sound because he actually signed my. He actually gave me a copy of Ghosts. I actually interviewed him. Uh, back in August, you can check that out as well. That's down below in the podcast. But yeah, you know, he's so sound as well. He's such a nice fella. And, you know, it's kind of cool to see, you know, like his career in documenting artists, especially hip hop artists and stuff. And like, especially with Brilliant's, Brazilian time shining a light on, you know, how like Bra- Brazilian samba music has connections to like the LA hip hop underground scene at the time anyway. 
yeah, I think it's it's amazing and again inspiring just to see Brian Cross do this type of thing. Uh, it's like once I you know his photography. I knew his photography before I knew who he was. Yeah, so then, same with me. So then, because his photos are so iconic, so then when you realize he's actually from Limerick, um, and yet he comes back and you can actually just bump into him on the street, that's just amazing. And you're like, again, it just makes the world smaller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like I met him so randomly as well. Because yeah, like yourself, like I, I, I obviously knew introducing album cover for ages. Like he even signed it for me, which was so sound as well. Uh, I have it somewhere down there. Uh, but um, like uh, like like I was saying, I met him in the record fair, and like I, I didn't like I, because I, I was just chanting, I was just chanting to him because we were just looking through records, we were just crate digging, and we were just having a look through records, and we were just chanting about music and stuff, and then uh, like I kind of had a small feeling this might be B plus, I could be chanting, and then um, and then I was kind of heading way to the next aisle, and I was like, oh, what's your name by the way? That was a great chat we had, and he, and he turns around to me and he shakes my hand, and he's like B plus, and I almost like, <laughs> I almost fainted, I was like, no way, <laughs> but yeah, and we kind of got connected through there, like, and he's so sound as well. It's great, you know. It's great to have someone like B plus coming out of Limerick and showing, you know, what what can you do and putting Limerick on the map as well. Yeah, and it just means that like people like him are more approachable than you can imagine, and he's there to chat to if he's in town, and you can just go up to him and connect with him about the music he's photographed and the things he's seen and the scenes he's been part of, and it's. I don't know. I just think you kind of just, uh, there's just a lot of parallels. People who are involved with one thing just go through the same thing as we go through in Limerick. And it's just, it just makes what's happening in Limerick, I think, a very exciting thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's great as well. Like, uh, even back to Peter Curran as well, I recently got, because Peter Curran works with uh, All City Record up in Dublin. And they, like, even what you're saying, like, even what Peter Curran, Peter Curran is doing, he he usually, usually around a yearly thing, he might put out a record compilation, kind of like a limited copies of, like, Irish music on vinyl, like, independent Irish music, like, guys who would only really have kind of a small following in different parts of the country, not just Limerick, just really Dublin. I actually got it recently as well. I should have it somewhere there. <laughs> I think there's up the, the latest one where he um I think Negro and Pacto are on are on that. Yeah, they are, but um it's just great to see it's just great to see um these guys coming out of the scene as well. Uh one thing I'd like to ask as well, uh Finn Lagrena is about to reach its uh kinda I'll say fifth year anniversary, right? Yeah. Yeah, twenty twenty three will be its fifth year. Yeah, um, you know, I know it kind of asked something similar, but like, what's kind of like reflecting back on like the five years? Because now you know, kind of coming into the fifth year, Grena, we got the documentary coming out now and stuff. You know, is there anything kind of you want we would like to reflect on, or even like maybe something we can expect? Even though I kind of asked, what can we expect earlier? Yeah, well, to, for a start, it, it's mad that even it would be five years since the first festival because it still just feels like a new thing to me or something. I know we've done it a few times now, but maybe because we didn't get to do the festival in 2020, it kind of just put a break into the whole thing. Um, Cause what was it? We did 2018 and very like last minute. Like I think that was arranged in just a couple of weeks. And then 2019 was like an amazing success. And we built up on what we did in the first year. And then 2020 was going to be 
this bigger, bigger thing. And then that was, we were stopped in our tracks and 21, we were back, but we did it in a very kind of restricted kind of way, just because COVID was still kind of uh, lockdown restrictions were still uh, in place. So then it just meant that like 20, uh, last year's or 2022 was the big one that we were kind of hoping for from since 2020. So that it feels like we're only kind of back on track now. Uh, and now, especially with the film, it's just, there's a lot going on. So yeah, it's like, it's a bit amazing couple of years worth of like doing a festival. I think going in like in the future, I, I think the, we probably just have to work out how we're going to, like it's a lot of people came to last year's festival and uh, weren't able to get into all the gigs. And we love having like these, uh, these gigs in places like Pharmacia and the Commercial and uh, Mother Max and Crew and Entry He City, um, and we love the, we love the kind of venues that they are. Um, but now we have to figure out what do we do when a lot of people turn up on our doorstep. Um, first of all, how do we accommodate them in terms of like going to a gig, but also how do we actually physically accommodate them for a weekend? Because a lot of people actually uh, don't have. We, we put up a lot of the artists ourselves in our own houses um, and we fit in as many more people as we can. But the reality, there's like, there's actually nowhere really for people to stay, uh, especially for the people who want to come to this. Hotels are, there's not, yeah, the hotels are too expensive. There's no hostel. And like last year we had people um, camping in friends' backyards and stuff like that just to come for the weekend. Uh, we need, yeah, we need a bit of infrastructure in the city to actually deal with this. Yeah, and I know, I know, we were saying earlier, like the documentary kind of focuses it on, you know, kind of space in the scene as well. But you know, it's kind of cool to see that you know that you have like people from different parts of the country. I'll say even some international kind of fans as well, because I know, because I know some people from like the UK would be coming to see some filigrana shows and mm. stuff. But well, like, one of I our think, one of our friends, uh, Tori. Uh, lives in the US and she came over especially uh, I think she's come over twice especially uh, to to come to the festival um, which is amazing and um, we also had Little Hag uh, perform uh, from uh, the US as well last year Tom Prendergast brought um, them over for us Um, so yeah it's kind of we, we focus on Irish music but there is there's always like a little bit of we're not we're not so beholden by that either yeah, uh, shout out Tori. That's some accomplishment. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like, she's great. Dedication and dedication too, because you know it's even showing like how the community, you know, kind of care about each other and stuff, and are willing to even like fly internationally just to catch a few gigs. Like, it's just you know, it's so sound. So yeah, shout out to Tori. Uh, but like, what I was gonna say again, like even like I feel very, I feel very lucky because um. Uh, I am an artist in the scene and stuff, but I'm I'm only 15. Like I'm only pre- I'm pretty young, so I've you know the help of music generation to give me the space. But even now, like you know, it's getting a bit too big now that like even music generation are running out of space. Even like they might have to split you know sessions into two now because you know like I remember when I first appearing it was only around like I'd say around like 15 people, and now it's coming up to like say like even f- close enough to even like. 35 or 40 people coming in every Saturday or wow. every week, you know, but 
but it's kind of, it's cool to see that it's really nice seeing new acts and stuff you know of course some come and go and some stay for longer and you know it's really nice to see like even like even like Denise Shyla came out of Music Generation and it's great to see where she is now and yeah I can't really great to see her new stuff and her in the documentary and the rest of the narrow lane crew but yeah. yeah no music generation is amazing I, I, I wasn't it's not something uh, I was going to say I'm from Dundalk originally I actually do think they do have music generation in Dundalk but um, I wasn't aware of it until I came to Limerick and I heard the like the work that Andy Connolly and Steve Ryan were kind of doing and yeah shout out shout out Andy and Steve yeah. and, and loads more as well and yeah Tony and you know, Michelle Grimes, I can go on for ages, shout out them all. But it's, it's amazing just even uh, picking like those two like lads from Windings and yeah, Naive Ted and they're like, they're like the generation uh, above us in terms of just, they've been making music for a year, like much longer uh, than we have and, but now they're passing it down and because of their work, we're getting like, it's like the hip hop scene in Limerick is thriving. And then you get bands like Pow Pig coming out and yeah, it's just like, there's, it, it does amazing work. So I'm not even, I'm not surprised there's even more people uh, uh, coming in the door of music gen these days. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fun to see as well, but um, like I've been wanting to ask this for ages, but like, um, of course, with venues and stuff, of course, with Fain Lagrena venues and the limited venues in Limerick that most gigs have to be over 18s because, you know, summer in pubs like pharmacy and stuff. Will there be more kind of age inclusive gigs or kind of more outdoor gigs for or even just gigs for young people to access? If for Fela. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I hope so. Um, I know there was there was some young people at the commercial one of the days uh, during the festival last year. I think it was, yeah, Fikuti were playing, so. Um, yeah, shout out Fikuti. And so it's, um, I mean, that that was in the commercial uh, in the record room, but it was great that we could actually get uh, get people down there. Um, some of the stuff, yeah, it, that's, it is one of the issues um, that we are faced in terms of gigs and, because yeah, we don't. We would love if we could have like all ages gigs. I, I think that's like it is actually very important. Um, but but the way music in Ireland works, music in, and in most places, and really, I'm sure, uh, is that music happens in pubs, in bars, unfortunately, and it's it's very closely linked to 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 drink, and which is a shame uh, because it just means that you leave out a whole demographic of people that probably want to go to gigs more than anybody. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Like, uh, cause I was even trying to be plus about this. Um, and he was saying like, I think, I think cause what they did with the LA punk scene in their kind of late seventies, they would put like, you see my hand here. I, I, no one, I don't think anyone listening would see this, but they would put like a big massive X mark yeah. on any minor's hand to show that they can't drink or anything but like even like i'll say even like me or something like most i'll say most people in especially the punk scene would be straight edge so they'll be very against using alcohol and stuff like i don't want like i want to go for the music i don't want to get a drink or anything like and plus as well i'm only like 15 i don't want like i, I wouldn't consider myself straight edge now but i'll be very 
mm -hmm. reluctant on you know like even vaping or like alcohol and stuff i wouldn't be i wouldn't really see myself down the line yeah um, an adult doing I, that i remember um uh yeah growing up in dundalk and uh we had teenage gigs uh it was in like for us it was like on, in a bowling alley on the outskirts of town and like i'd play in some bands with my friends and then other bands be playing but i think i had a similar feeling where i'd go to these gigs and people would spend half the time out in the alley drinking and smoking and i that's not what I did at that age. I was probably 15 or 14 and I was just more interested in, I was like, why is everyone outside? I want to see the band. And because that's like, that's what I'm there for. I'm there to see the music because I never get to go to a gig uh, because they're just out of, out of bounds at that age. So um, I, yeah, I think, and it shouldn't have to matter if you're straight edge or not or anything like that, but um, I know that that is like at least the tendency with a lot of like uh, with, with punk music, but if there's just ways, it'd be great if there were more ways of just having more gigs for like, yeah, for all ages. I think it's just important and there's no reason why we shouldn't. And like, we, sh we don't need to be giving loads of money to Heineken or Diageo just in order to have a band play that really at the end of the day, they're not related yeah, true, true. Uh, I think that's a big problem. Like, you know, it's great scene with the community and stuff, but I think, especially with the punk scene, you see kind of younger acts, even like people like me, like I'm only, like I've said this a lot, so I'm only 15 now, but like even, you know, with younger artists as well, it's kind of making it hard, harder for, you know, people like us or even like voice seeker, even like people, even like people older than us, it's kind of hard for them to even like, get gigs and stuff because like i know some artists might be reluctant on playing you know all ages gigs or even like over 21's gigs which is just mad to me that like people that can legally you know marry have sex have a house and stuff can can't go to like a nick cave festival yeah i think yeah definitely the it's there's one thing in terms of like i mean yeah over 18s isn't good uh but over 21s just doesn't even make sense at that point I think yeah, it's just it's just a way of, and it's like the sort of thing with them. Um, you often get that with festivals, and they'd be like, "This festival is over twenty ones." And really, if you're like, if you, it's because they don't want eighteen year old like leaving cert people who just don't leave cert to come in and and they they, don't, they just don't want all that kind of crowd. But really, if you just curate your festival properly, you kind of tend to not draw that messy leave and start crowds uh, that that they don't want um it should be like we don't we curate our festival in a way that doesn't get like just it's not like i don't know it's not like what's the one in dublin like a certain long yeah like yeah, yeah it's not it's, it's not like one of those yeah. like it's not like a it's not like a complete like piss up festival we, we have people who attend because they really want to uh, see the music and that doesn't exclude ages it just excludes people that don't go, don't go to festivals for like it just it brings people for the music uh that they're just yeah really interested in and want to see yeah like i think especially in ireland because like especially with like music venues and stuff the really reliance is you know on alcohol because yeah. you know it, the reality is 
gigs don't make that much amount of money compared to you know what alcohol will do so that's really with the selling point but you know we're kind of a bit again a tiny bit sidetracked here that's my all ages rant yeah i actually i listened to um it might i think this is over lockdown but i listened to the irish music industry podcast and there was an episode uh where it's a uh, mark graham is the host of that and he interviewed ian mckay and um yeah yeah that was like very it was the best i was i had i mean i know he'd he always supports uh all ages gigs but i hadn't heard it in a while or whatever and hearing it just back then in, in that context it was like very eye-opening for me and I, yeah i think it's a super important thing yeah, yeah. Uh, like, Ian McKay is such a punk icon and legend as well. You know, kind of one of the lead singers of my favourite band, Minor Threat. And, you know, and he's played such a pivotal role. And, like, even the work he's done to get, like, people like me to go to gigs and stuff. Obviously, with, like, the, you know, like I was saying, with that, what the late 70s LA punk scene had, with, you know, kind of pulling an X mark on, you know, minor hands and stuff. So, um,. So yeah, we did, we got one fan question sent in from the legend himself, Mankey, who's played a huge role in the scene for a while now, especially with the hip hop scene. And uh, he would like to ask, how did um, you know uh, Michael Michael Keepings did the soundtrack for uh, the Out of Place documentary, and you know how did that come about, and how did that go, and uh, about the film festival in England because uh, you were nominated for uh, best Irish documentary at the London Film Festival in back yeah, in Irish yeah Irish Film London yeah Irish Film in London uh, festival back in was that back in November it was, that was November yeah yeah. Yeah. So, yeah how did that go so uh, yeah the festival was amazing uh, um, we kind of had set aside like some time because we, we wanted to we were actually we were keen to show the film like we've like announced and planned now but we said okay well we might as well, people advise us and like, we might as well give this like uh, festival thing a shot. So we submitted to like a number of festivals uh, and this, we got, we got this and uh, we got the Irish Film Festival London and we we're delighted. Uh, it meant that we were invited to the awards ceremony in the Irish Embassy, which was pretty crazy. So yeah, a few of us went over and uh, had a weekend in London saw a few films and yeah, went to the award show and we met loads of people at it. Uh, it was amazing. We, we met the, the director of, uh, uh, of on Colin Kuhn and some of the, the cast from that. And even actually one of the things that we did do was meet um, uh, Pete Moles and James uh, Skerritt, who are Limerick filmmakers. James is based in Le Hinch, but they were, they were there with um, a film, a short film uh, called A Stone Place that they'd made. And we met uh, a few other kind of local filmmakers uh, through that. And that was amazing because somehow it took for us to meet in London to actually get to know the people who were uh, on our doorstep the whole time. So, um, yeah, and we were nominated for Best Documentary Edit, which also blew our minds uh, because, I don't know, you just don't have expectations coming into these things. Um, so, yeah, it was an amazing experience. And we've kind of just tried to use that and take that momentum and the people we've met and just keep in touch with them and they yeah, were just making the most out of it it was a great experience yeah yeah it must have been class as well because like you know is you know like i'm not a huge fan of award shows or anything i think you know Irish is completely subjective and you know but it's kind of you know it's great to see that like 
a documentary about like six Limerick based artists is getting nominated in a international award. So big congrats to that. Yeah. And you know, kind of what monkey, monkey, I almost said monkey. Uh, monkey, monkey man. He's the monkey, yeah, monkey man. Shout out monkey. Um, <laughs> but uh, getting back to the other thing, monkey said, you know, Michael Keepings, is that how you say his name? Sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Michael Keeping. Yeah, Michael Keeping. Um, uh, you know, he composed the soundtrack. How did that come about and how did that go? Um, yeah, well, Michal did an amazing job uh, uh, with the soundtrack. It's really beautiful. Um, he, where it started from was, I think he was, so I had made early on when we were just like kind of even just announcing that we had a film at all. I threw together a little teaser kind of clip and we have a scene in our film where Podge is just playing this kind of improvised fiddle piece um, along with a loop that he just performed for me in his bedroom. And it's like really beautiful. It's it's one of, in the, in the film, it's one of my highlights of just like, just capturing something like that. And I used that for like the, the music for this teaser and we'd released that. And I'd already asked him if he'd uh, do a soundtrack for it. And he said he's um he said he had started working on something. Um, but once he had there was two things, I think once he had seen kind of edits of the film and just scenes and stuff that I had been putting together, once he'd seen a few of those, he realized um that actually this was kind of it was probably going to be um there was a lot of just audio, there was a lot of like in-camera audio, a lot of documentary sound of like, there's a lot of music already in the film from band practices, rehearsals, and people playing in their bedrooms and just the performances that we feature itself. So he said he reckoned he needed to kind of take, like give the soundtrack something to step back a bit with it and do it in certain moments and come in in certain moments rather than just throughout the whole thing. So something less busy. And then the other thing was, uh, when he had heard that piece of Podge's used in the trailer, in the teaser, he kind of just felt um, that the film had a bit of a sonic identity at that point with the use of that piece. So he wanted to take that um, um, bit of fiddle uh, that Podge was playing and he, he sampled that and he used that as a motif. And around that then, like we had talked about our ideas of the film and um, he wanted to, to reflect um, the kind of approach that we were doing where we were like documenting, um, like we were documenting everything around us, like this, what's happening in music in Limerick at this time. But we're also kind of not, we're not hiding it. Like I, I end up in bits like we, there's you can see some of the people recording in in different bits and parts of the film so it's kind of like you're showing the scenes of it you're kind of showing the documentation of it so that's where he wanted to bring in uh this uh, like this kind of tape sound like the kind of an actual just cassette tape sound oh yeah uh you know that's gas as well because um or is the real to real i think it might be oh yeah yeah sorry oh yeah yeah go ahead sorry Oh yeah, go on. Oh, go on. oh sorry, Tindro. But like, yeah, I think I think Podge is someone who really, really cares about the craft of his art because Podge Podge is like Podge is an absolute legend. Shallow post from Podge, but like, um, yeah, 
you know, uh, I, d- I think, I don't know if he's been doing that for a while, but I think he might have got inspiration from me, maybe, because back in September, him and, uh, him and Naive Ted uh, did a collaboration gig in Bedford Row for uh, Music Generation for Culture Night. And uh, I remember I was, uh, it was the first time meeting, it was my first time meeting Podge. I think we chatted before on Instagram or something. But I, I was chatting to him basically. And, um, you know, I just asked him because I knew the gig, I knew the gig was going to go fucking mad. I knew it was going to be yeah. insane. Like his, all these gigs are, like if you ever get the chance, go to a postponed Podge gig or even like a naive Ted DJ set there. Both, both of those are yeah. amazing. And when they yeah. come together, like, mind blown even better even better yeah even better like but um (laughs) but like um but yeah like i because i i usually i'm in a deal with my friend uh i'm in like an experimental duo with my friend uh keen earth day better known as killer he goes by many different names but um all of all of our stuff is actually recorded on my walkman and uh, I just asked Podge, would you like me to record the set on my walking for you? And he was like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. And um, I kind of, I kind of did like, I kind of did like a mini interview with people in the crowd beforehand who are also artists in the scene. Like I interviewed some people in the punk scene and stuff and they're like, oh, what's your reactions to the gig? And he's like, oh man, it's going to go crazy. And you can hear like everyone, like the great thing about the tape is you can hear everyone screaming, go like, yes, yeah. fucking Podge, let's go. Um, you know, really? and it's fun to see. And, uh, um, you know, I digitized it the next day and uh, sent it to them. I, I showed it to Naive Ted as well because uh, I was with them the day after. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know if that'll be released soon. I think they might... I have a feeling they might put it up on Bandcamp soon, but like a weird thing happened with the tape near towards the end. It kind of pitched up, but you can easily just fix that in uh, yeah, digital really. audio works. It's kind of fun when those things happen. It's they're kind of like the defect defects of the of using the medium itself. So yeah, it's cool. It's like you you record this if you're not like if you're setting out to record on tape, you're not necessarily setting out to record a very clean record uh, show. And, and and that makes it makes it all it gives it all the character and it, I I did yeah it's like that thing of just embracing that Ooh, yeah nice. that's it there nice. but you know uh, the crazy thing is that it sounds really good uh, which is the mad thing but I think I think it was the reason why it kind of pitched up was because we were all moshing you can hear me like jumping <laughs> up and down I'm like yes Podge let's go because um it was the fifth year anniversary of uh their EP they they did a collaboration EP called um. Yeah, it was uh, the Minish Particulars episode three, which is kind of like, um, kind of about the, the their experiences with the um, the mental health services in Ireland. Um, uh, but um, they kind of did like a fifteen minute set of um, Podge kind of improvised over some of it, and they did a they did kind of a new rendition of the Absolute Fear of Not Sleeping. Uh, the last track off the EP, which is just amazing, and it was just I was yeah. so lucky to you know get that captured on tape and stuff. So yeah, big shout out to Paul. <laughs> oh yeah, no bother. Uh, <laughs> I'm sneezing. Uh, sorry. Yeah, I I I was I I was at that uh, I I was at that gig myself. So um, it's I didn't know that was recorded. So that's unreal. I can't wait to hear that. Yeah, here I'll send it on to you after. It's up in the live up on this tape here. Uh, yeah, but it was on yeah. it's on this tape. Unreal. Yeah. Unreal. At the 
back there. But it was gas as well because um, Vicuity played right after, but that recording fucked up completely. It just, it just, it just, <laughs> it just like it just pitched up so high. It just sounded like a fucking TikTok song or something. It was like, oh no. Yeah. And then like I was, actually- I was moshing too hard that like the tape actually stopped. <laughs> there's a point I sometimes I shoot like I was shooting bits of gigs for uh, Phelan Festival last year and there's a balance to be struck where it's good to document these things but you've also just got to enjoy it as well so if we were like watching bands like Girlfriend and the Altered Hours who I really yeah, who I, I was really excited Elaine to see and uh, the rest of the Altered Absolute. Hours yeah. yeah I should have them on pack, uh, pack of legends and for real for real uh, and like I was so excited to see them, and so I. But I also knew it was important to record the gig and record parts of it. So I did. I picked a few songs. I did that, and then I was like, "Okay, I'm putting the camera down, and uh, I'm just going to throw myself out in, uh, in the crowd now." But um, we actually have, yeah, just with your tape, we are and the soundtrack. We are releasing um, our soundtrack on cassette ourselves. Oh like, fuck yeah! I'm definitely I, getting that. I, Oh, that's There's, class. Oh, no way. That looks that's sick. A, I'm, that looks I'm sick. showing you the cassette for all yeah. the listeners. Yeah, send it out to me. <laughs> well, absolutely. This is our only oh, copy th- at the moment. Oh, thank you. But but there's we're getting the orders coming in for the rest of them. So we have we have two sides. We have Mihal's soundtrack for one side. And then on the other side, uh, uh, Naive Ted has... Uh, it's Deviant and Naive Ted has remixed, rearranged elements audio elements from the film and he's made his own unique piece so that's like that's a, that's we'll be selling that uh, at our screening so you always know it's gonna be so good when you get a naive ted remix absolutely yeah. it's it's the last thing you'll ever expect but it's also the best thing you'll ever hear so it's yeah no it's he's 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 amazing yeah like it, it's great to see the cassette as well you know um, you know the screening, the first Irish screening, because you're going to be touring it around the country as well. Kind of the screening as well. The first Irish screening will be in Limerick in the Bell Table. So, can you tell us about that? Which will be at the time of this recording will be in two weeks from now. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Oh God, exactly two weeks. Yeah, yes, exactly two weeks from now. Yeah, of this recording anyway. Up. Oh my God! Yeah, this this, this is coming up much quicker than I. Yeah, it's coming up quick. Um. So as we speak, yeah, it's uh, today. We we actually sold out the premiere, so we're really delighted about that. Um, it's um, yeah, we're making a whole deal of it. Um, there'll be a Q and A. Mary Conlon will be hosting a post film Q and A with myself and some of the filmmakers. Oh, shout out Mary! Mary's lovely, and shout out Orson yeah. House as well. Uh, and Orson House, yeah, the legends as well. They um, they actually that's where uh, we recorded the B Plus interview. Actually, they let us use the, the oh, office nice. in there, and they super sound. Uh, shout out Kate yeah. Brady as well and uh, Neil Brown and Kim and Maul Shoes obviously you know made music with Podge and the techno hippies you know shout exactly. out to all of them yeah I love them all there. they're, yeah. they're amazing For um, I love them as so well in a, so yeah opening so opening our event so we'll have like our screening but b- before that we'll have a reception where we will be launching a photography book that we've also been working on in the meantime so that's been it's like out of place uh, photography book that's been in parallel uh, project parallel to the film itself, which has been made by uh, Hugh Heffernan and Leah Maeve Kenny. So uh, they've both of which have also just been heavily involved in the film itself. Leah is a member of his father's voice, 
Uh, and she's also uh, shot uh, photographs for this and she also was recording parts of the film with me uh, as well. And Hugh uh, was, he's one of the writers and producers of the film. He's kind of all the design, all the, all the amazing graphics and stuff you've seen with it. He's been designing that. Um, and he also has been photographing um, uh, all the acts and different bits and pieces while we were making this film. So it's a kind of a, it's been released in parallel. It's a, it's a documentary in two parts. One is the film and the other is this photography book. So um, we're, we'll be launching that uh, on the night as well, with along with our cassette and we'll have our film. So there's a lot, there's a lot going on. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be great crack. So make sure to pop down. Uh, if you can anyway, it's sold out. But, um, tickets, it is sold out, but whoever, can, whoever's lucky. Yeah, if you can get one, they're, one. they're around 10 quid. Uh, you get them they should be on the yeah. bell table website so unfortunately they're sold out sold out for now but you never know they could pop up again but um but we 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 are um touring around the rest of the yeah, country yeah we, we are we are going on tour so we're, we're bringing it to after our limerick date we have cork dublin dundalk belfast galway and sligo so there's lots of opportunities to see us um we've kind of chosen these places um pretty much based on the fact that like we were talking about before, like we have like friends in like music communities in each of these spots. And we just know that for what this film is about and what we're talking about, there is an audience for it in these different places. Cause we have friends that are just going through the same stuff and their versions of it. There's like Cork has maybe like certain issues and Dublin would have it's Dublin issues and, and things like that. But every but there's a lot of people in the same boat, and we just know from being friends with these people that there's a lot of shared experiences. So, yeah, that's why we've kind of chosen like all these other spots around the country. Yeah, yeah, and it's great as well. So even if you even if people uh, if you can't catch the Limerick um, screening, you know, beyond in the rest of the country, and I'm sure it'll be available online as well. Uh, uh, will it be? Or? We, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, we're gonna. We're, yeah, that's like that's one of our kind of longer goals. Is like where does it live after all our screenings and sort of stuff. So, I mean, yeah, we're, it's, we will put it, it will be up online at some point, but in what capacity or when we don't know yet, but that's, we have to explore that fully still. Yeah. And so for the cassette and uh, the photography book as well, will they be being sold at the screenings? Yes, they will. Yeah. No, we've loads loads of cassettes uh, and even more books. So, um, They'll be, yeah, we'll be taking them, on, uh, taking them on the road with us wherever we go and everybody will buy them because um, we need to make our money back. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm certainly going to go in depth at the, at the bell table after the screening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's, 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 uh, it's uh, yeah, no, it's really exciting. The book, the book is beautiful. Um, it's been kind of going through, we, we actually have it, we'll have a video, um, a YouTube kind of style video kind of going through the book and inspirations and how like we, while I was making, editing the film, this book was going through iteration and iteration and it's um, and it, around the same time, they've both kind of been, they have both been finished around the same time and they have their own unique kind of style and characters like each project, but um, uh, they're ultimately telling like the same story 
in different ways. So it's, yeah, it's, it's really nice that these, both these things exist. Yeah, you know, it's great as well that, you know, there's actually, mer- no, I wouldn't say, yeah, I guess you can call it Finn Grain and merch for the documentary as well, but it's great to be coming out and it's great that it's been announced here on uh, the play-by-play podcast with DC and an hour You heard it DC. here first. You heard it here, fo- here folks. folks. Uh, but yeah, uh, I only realized that I'm wearing my Finn Grain shirt unironically. Yup. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's like yup. the, Mop. That's a, yeah, that's the what you call it, um, um, execute exist one. Yeah, it's on the back as well. Uh, that's that's not actually our official merch. People are people are jumping onto uh, to the word Fela. <laughs> fake fake um, Fela merch. Not, not really. It's a that's a yeah. Execute exist is amazing stuff. Yeah, uh, DC is a fake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. DC is a fake, but um, but We're yeah, bootleg. We actually, we actually do have we we have one actual genuine uh, piece of bootleg bootleg merchandise, and um, one of our friends, uh, uh, I posted an image, uh, a screenshot from the film, where it's a uh, dear middle Shea, um, announcing that he is it's it's something it's a line from the film, but he's he's announcing to himself that he's doing the jackass line where he's like, this is my name is Dear Shea and this is jackass. And I put that on on Twitter, and my friend asked for that image, and uh, she put on a T-shirt as a surprise for him. So, and I got one as well. So we actually have um, unofficial bootleg merchandise, and we're going to sue the people who made it. Oh, oh, so yeah, DC, DC gonna get <laughs> DC gonna get called out by Planet Green. We're gonna get gas. Uh, yeah. Ban DC ban for life for, for, <laughs> yeah. for wearing fake. Sounds good. I've never heard that before. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, it was gas well because when the because was wearing copies being sold up in crew shadow crew uh, brewery of the photography book. Yes, so that was our photography book for the festival. So that, that was like our zine, and um, so yeah, that's it. Could almost get confusing. We're putting out a lot of things, but um. That was like we just before Christmas, we had our um Fela 22 zine. And now that, that's uh, Leia, uh, who's part of the photography book. She she put this together with like her photography and just anyone who had a camera at Fela Magrina, we collected images and she put it together. And it's a nice little, it's like a beautiful kind of momentum of just um, or memento of of uh of yeah, just our festival. We like we, we've that's the We've done a few zines, but that's the second like photography zine yeah. in a row that we've made, and they're they're nice little artifacts of of the event of the of the festival. So that's not to get that's not to get confused with the out of place photography book because yeah, like it's 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 a lot. <laughs> it's gas you know, because when I I like to give a shout out uh, shout out Shroomy uh Mary Cusack because um when I first saw it at first because uh, if you look up on the post uh, on the Fenton Instagram for the magazine uh you see uh, a guy wearing a postman podge kind of pushed out jacket oh, and that's yeah. and that's a uh, shroomy so big shout out to shroomy oh no, really? yeah, yeah, yeah we were that was I yeah we were in the commercial on the Sunday afternoon so I, I think this is around the time when the QT were playing and um we were all pretty tired at that point from uh, from the weekend but I remember sitting down uh, in the smoking area, but I just saw your friend passing by with the podge patch and I just nudged Hugh. I was like, there's a post-punk podge patch. Look at that. Like, he's like, okay, I need to go and photograph this now. So he went up and photographed it and I thought that was the coolest thing. Like, yeah, it's, 
and you know because Shumi uh, uh, Shumi actually plays a big role in kind of the punk slash folk scene in Limerick and you know it's good, it's kind of good to see that community as well like kind of that podge recognition on the badges yeah. I'd love to get a postponed podge badge uh, but yeah you know unofficial postponed podge badges as well. more, more bootleg I think more bootleg, bootleg is the way to do no one should make their own merch and people should make merch and make money off other people's uh, success. That's how I think it should work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, then you get people like me getting called out for word. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So look, you're yeah. the one making money. So, <laughs> uh, no, I make no money from this. <laughs> I make no money from this. I'm going in depth after buying all the yeah. official Fanagrana merch at the bar. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I'll say. Um, you know, it's kind of exciting to see as well because, you know, how long, you know, how long, you know, how long, <laughs> what was, I lost my train of thought, man, sorry. Um, what was going to say again? I mean, you know, it's great that, you know, Limerick has Fianna Lagrena, you know, and it's great to see the work you do. So, you know, is there anything else you would like to plug or, you know, like to announce? Like we got the cassette announcement anyway, which is an honor. We got the cassette, we got the book. We got the film. Uh, got the bell table. Uh, we got the extra dates, which were we got all uh, those dates. It, uh, the only thing I can think of at the moment is there's a gig in Pharmacia this Sunday. I don't think, um, I doubt this would be heard ahead of that. So yeah, by the time you hear this, Miles Manley would have played Pharmacia. Uh, uh, that's a Lassa gig. That's Dermot and Chris, um, um, under Lassa putting on those gigs. But they're always putting on like Phil and We do it. Well, we did it at Christmas. It tends to be once a year, but uh, David and Chris are putting on these gigs throughout the year and it's it's it keeps us going. Yeah, yeah. So shout it, shout it. I'm plugging them. I'm plugging Lassa. Yeah, legend. Thanks uh, for, for putting on gigs. Yeah. Shout out Lassa. Vim- uh- <laughs> but yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. So Fain Lagrena, out of place, screening, uh, bell table twenty set Friday twenty seventh of January right after my Word FM set on Thursday so I'll be right in there if you want to get the rare DC face reveal <laughs> and in person <laughs> reveal. Uh, but yeah, I'll say that's pretty much it. Thanks so much for coming on, Graham. Can't wait for the documentary and the screening. Can't wait to meet you there as well in the rest of the acts. Uh, that'll be there and the Q and A as well. That is that's gonna be exciting as well. It's just gonna be me putting my hand up the entire. Way through, pretty much. Well, work away. We need, but, we need. There's a Q and A for a good reason. But then again, you know, I pretty much asked you everything here as well. So, but you know, I'll probably have more questions after you know the documentary well, yeah, screening yeah. as well. And I'm sure a lot of people will. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, hope so. I mean, hopefully, it raises a few questions. Uh, uh, yeah, we're just really looking forward to it. Um, and I, yeah, excited that you'll be there because I know you messed when you found out about the film. You messaged me about. Uh, you're like, I'm making films, uh, punk films in Limerick and I didn't know anything about this. So oh, I'm yeah. actually, I'm, I'm interested to see that some of that stuff if you have it. I'd like to yeah. send it on. Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of I kind of took a break from it for a little bit because I'm just busy with some personal stuff and I'm sure a lot of people in the punk scene at that moment are pretty busy with other stuff as well. But yeah. But it, it's, it's even like, it's like for when you like messed me with and saying you're doing all these things, I was like fascinated because like this film is like from our perspective and we're, we're showing Limerick, like we're, we're showing Limerick and what we know it is to be. But like, we, we were also from the beginning, we recognize that that perspective is limited. And like, there's amazing, like 
this whole you get the siege of Limerick uh, going on as well, like this whole metal scene that uh, we di- like we don't even get into, and we know we don't get into that. And there's like club scene, and yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot of other stuff that goes on, and even just knowing that or hearing from you that there's all this other like this punk scene, I didn't even know. I've I've seen Vacuity, I've seen the Fifty Foot Woman, and they're all amazing, but I didn't know they're like I don't know what else is going on. So there's yeah. always people are always ignorant to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But I think it's great as well because um you know like the punk scene is mainly a younger audience, like maybe be people my age and a bit older. Um, uh, but like you know it's great as well that because I'll say most people in this documentary are like kind of early mid 20s and above but you know it's great to see that as well because they'll be like kind of the big people in the scene and stuff so it's great to get a bit more of an insight on them and yeah yeah no yeah, there's like a bit of a mix because you have people like like with Denise Strela and God knows Merley like God knows Merley like they've been uh, with with Denise we have been doing Russell Gano family even before that uh, and Podge kind of I feel like it's just very closely linked for me that older generation that I don't know so much about but he's kind of like he's that bridge for that older generation to what uh, what me and my friends do and then uh compared to that his father's voice and hey Rusty are yeah like they're kind of mid-20s they're like they're 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 uh they're well, relatively younger than than uh Podge and, and Narrow Lane so I mean that's just but that's just because that's our circle and that's who we know. And yeah, that's what well, that's why those are acts, those are the acts that we have was because they're they're the ones we can talk about. Yeah. Um because um yeah, but yeah, you know, shout out shout out Hey Rusty as well. You play guitar in Hey Rusty, so yeah, big shout out to the boys. Yeah, yeah. I I only started playing guitar with Hey Rusty since he was in the film. So it's you it's a, I my 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 old fat mate James Poole uh, plays guitar for Hey Rusty in the film and then he moved to Norway and left me uh, I was very upset but but then I but then he um, then I just replaced him on guitar so uh, I, I'm enjoying that it's great but yeah you know I'll say that's pretty much it man uh, thanks so much for coming on and chatting to us really? uh, it's been a pleasure shout out Phil Agrena can't wait for the documentary oh yeah so Friday 27th uh, January um, 8 p.m. screening uh, at the bell table with a reception and book launch at half six, uh, with and a post Q and A, post screening Q and A hosted by Mary Conlon from Ormston House, with uh, myself and a few of the filmmakers, and then the screening tour across Ireland and books and tapes and fun. Yeah. Pretty much. But yeah, <laughs> that's Phil Agrena. Thanks so much for coming on, Graham. It's been a pleasure chatting to you. Thanks for having me.